This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Shamanism is a way of walking upon the planet and a way of seeing things that our society has taught us to veil. It is living a life divinely connected to spirit, to our earth, and in deep gratitude for the blessings our planet and community bring to us through our joint experiences. It is highlighted by the enactment of sacred ceremony, an art all but lost in only a few remaining cultures. Shamanism is entering into an altered state of consciousness in order to transcend the ego and the thinking mind to connect with inner wisdom and higher guidance from the spirit world. The practice of shamanism is the oldest practice of humankind, dating back over 100,000 years, and is practiced all over the world in all cultures. Shamans have been considered healers, knowers, seers of the dark, and wisdom sharers. A shaman is a master or mistress of entering the altered states and journeying into higher spiritual realms to help bring through higher wisdom, grace, and guidance. Valeria Tellez interviews Keila Serene Oz. She is a shamanic healer, meditation teacher, and the owner-operator of Serene Spirit Healing and Retreat Center in beautiful West Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada. Keela runs a trauma-informed practice that helps people remember their true path and purpose, heal unprocessed trauma experiences which may create illness in the body, and move into deeper relationship with one spirit, community, and the planet. Trained in the traditional Zulu, South African shamanic practice, Keela's offerings include her Transformational Lighthouse Program, an annual online offering, meditation, shamanic energy healing, spiritual mentorship, and plant medicine as avenues for wholeness, self-discovery, and personal growth. Keela was formerly a competitor for the Canadian World Figure Skating Team for over a decade. She lives with her husband, three pups, two cats, and 200 plus plants in West Kelowna, British Columbia. Meet Keela Serene at serenespirit.com. Here's the interview with Keela Serene Oz. In your own words, who is Keela Serene Oz? Mm, beautiful question. I am a human being. I am a spirit that has come here to express itself fully and to be in service to humanity and to experience all facets of human emotion on all ends of the spectrum to grow and evolve and really enjoy why I've come here to feel things fully. When you said... The spirit and being here, coming here, the question is, do you believe that we have chosen, that was a choice we made to come here and go through this human experience? 
or it just came to be? So my personal viewpoint is that we absolutely did choose. And I also believe it's a bit like a lottery. I think that so many souls want to come to experience and it's not easy being here. You know, it's not easy being on earth at this time. Um, But my goodness, can we ever evolve if we are willing to fully embrace, you know, the full range of experiences that we can as a human being. So yes, to answer your question, I do believe not so much in the sense of being predestined, but I do believe that there were contracts that we made in the people that we engage with and the parents we have and some of the main life experiences we have that are preordained before we we are, you know, gifted to come here. Yes. So in a way is life itself has a design. There is a, a grand plan, it seems to be. Would you say that, Kila? I would. I would also say um, some of the most empowering things or behaviors that we can do is to recognize that we do have free will and not so much in the way that we can control how our life unfolds, but in the way that we have the power to respond to anything that happens to us and to be able to distill the wisdom from it. Yes, I love that wisdom, right? That alone is really empowering, that we can Mm -hmm. choose our responses or be open enough to see the options we have. I I usually like seeing from that point of view better. That conscious perspective. Yeah, right. And another question is when you talk about growth and evolution evolving, what comes to mind is you did mention the uh, being free or being able to experience everything, all the feelings and emotions, would that be the destination per se of the human experience or evolution? I think it's the real reason why we came here. I I think because we we live, especially in this current climate, in such a fear culture, um, the majority of us, not all of us, but because we live in that fear culture, I think that having those experiences are as valuable as having the joyful, pleasurable experiences. So, you know, that day-old question, um, you know, why did we come here? What is life about? Well, why does it have to be specifically about anything? Why can't we allow whatever comes to us that is meant to us to flow into our life and recognize that it may unfold in ways that are painful, but we're still going to be okay and safe. The spirit is strong. There is nothing that can break a spirit. And so when we recognize that, we can reframe what we view or label as difficult or challenging. You know, on one end of the world to the other, our customs are very different. Mm, so so what? Right. What perspective in one culture is very different and unacceptable in another. So this labeling process, this egoic labeling is part of what creates our personality and allows us to be fully expressing ourselves as humans. But it's also malleable. So for me, the most powerful way to experience it, her life is to stay open to that spectrum of all experiences, knowing we will find our way out of them with trust and and knowing ourselves deeply enough. Coming from that perspective of the spirit, as you say, Keila, would you say, you use the word trust, would you also say belief? Could that become a belief system? Did you experience the spirit? Is that possible? 
Well, I've always believed and had really unusual spiritual experiences in my life that have led me to question what is truth and what is real. From my current perspective, with all of my training in the shamanic lineage, I believe that everything has spirit. And it's a shamanic perspective that spirit is the thread of humanity that holds the web of all things together, whether it is plant or body of water or tree, insect, animal, human, even rock. These beings all have a similar spirit to them. And that spirit itself is so powerful. It's what connects us. What is healing to you from the shamanic perspective and what are the obstacles to healing? That's a really interesting question, Valeria. So the first question, can you repeat it? Yes. What is healing? What is your understanding of what healing is? Mm -hmm. So I do believe that healing is nonlinear. I believe that we often will frame healing as this positive direction of growth But actually, sometimes we must break everything down and break everything apart so that it mends and heals in a completely different way. So it's really not linear at all. It's this continual evolution of crumbling and rebuilding and refortifying, crumbling, rebuilding, refortifying that I think is part of the process of healing and the recognition that the work is never done, that we're on a constant path of deepening awareness and that we have the freedom to change our beliefs from moment to moment depending on our experience and how we relate to other humans and what we watch in their healing can allow us to experience our own healing in a different way. Yes, I love that too because we do have this idea that healing is a destination that we get to that place mm-hmm. and we stay there. As we think about balance, don't we think about that harmony? Maybe harmony is a bit different. It's almost like a dance, isn't it? Like we see in nature, it's always moving. There's an oscillation in harmony, isn't there? But there also is in healing. There's this, if the mind constructs an expectation, then sometimes it takes us longer to heal or so-called heal because we have this box built around what we believe or hope our healing to look like. And the reality is the universe or whatever you call it, creator or God, whatever you call it, has a different plan and it's about how to make that plan work so you have the greatest expression expression of self. I trust that and I love to believe that this the life itself it's this amazing dance of everything there is there's no separation and everything's interconnected and it's doing what it needs to do to support every part and it's just the most beautiful thing if we are able to see the big picture. Mm-hmm. which is not always easy to do in our day-to-day lives. Like you said, the mind, it's a huge impact. It creates impediments and blockages. What is shamanism for those who don't know, Keila? So, you know, there's many different um, ways that you can define shamanism. And I started down that sort of direction a little bit when I said there's this thread of spirit that runs through all things. This is one of the foundational beliefs of shamanism. And shamanism is non-religious. It's not um, a reverence for a particular entity or a spirit or a being or a human that may have lived at one time. It's a way of walking upon the earth. And it's a way of walking gently upon the earth, taking only what you need and remembering the connection that we have as human beings to our planet and to one another. And, you know, depending on the lineage as well, shamanism uh, practitioners or shamans often have the ability to 
tune into the lighter, finer frequencies, those sort of dimensional aspects that are the unseen realms of human experience and travel through them to bring back information or wisdom or help direct someone down a healing path as a medicine person. So shamanism is really as close as you can get if we go way, way back, I think, to how we were intended to live upon this earth in community Mm -hmm. and on the planet with balance and respect and reverence for the earth and for one another. How did you discover shamanism? How did it discover you, actually? That would be a better question. Oh, that's beautiful. (laughs) Well, I had been or have been searching, as many of us are my whole life, for a path and purpose and the right fit for my spiritual beliefs, considering all the really unique experiences that I've had. And here in British Columbia, in um, in Canada, we have we are lucky to have a plethora of Indigenous peoples here. And so I had done a lot of research uh, around the Indigenous peoples and trainings that you can take with people that are from this land. And in my searching, I found a woman who was trained as a Sangoma, as a medicine person in the Zulu tradition in South Africa. She went to South Africa and trained with um, the village and the elders there. And I ran into her at an event. And it was one of those connecting moments where I knew I had to find out who she was, what she did. The call was mm-hmm. so strong that I couldn't I couldn't even leave the building until I spoke. I, think I, had, to wait. Yeah. I had to wait three hours for her. And everything she said, and I went to a session, everything she said aligned. It was like the missing piece. Um, and I have an interesting story about this. If you'd like me to go a little bit quick or deeper, it's not a long story. As far as the search and trying to find a path, I was adopted as um, a baby. And so I don't have a strong history or understanding or knowledge of my my ancestry. And ancestors are a really big part of shamanism. They came before us so we can be here now. And in March of 2020, I had planned for, this was three or four years into my really intensive shamanic training, I had planned to go to South Africa in March of 2020 to initiate in the Zulu lineage as a Sangoma. And a month before, I decided to reach out. I was in meditation, and my ancestors just said, reach out to your birth family and ask what your lineage is. Just just ask. And so I did. I reached out to actually my birth aunt, and I said, is there any information that you can give me about what our lineage is, where we come from? I don't have a lot of information. And she said, well, you know, the typical, you're a little bit Swiss and German and European. And she said, seven generations back, she said, our mother was black South African. And I knew in that moment that all of the trainings and the calls from my ancestors had been met with the Sangoma that I ran into at this event. And my path was unfolding absolutely divinely. Wow, that is amazing how everything is connected. (laughs) There's no disconnection or separation, right? Not at all, right? We forget that, don't we? We do, absolutely. And that's another question that I usually ask here. How do we get to forget so much of who we are, Kayla? Well, the easy answer is the mind gets in the way. (laughs) But really, I believe we have to forget to remember. I don't think, you know, I'm not sure that we're all born. Well, I know for sure we're not all born with the same path and intention. We're all a beautiful, exquisite and and unusual spark from one another, although part of the, the greater, you know, mass. But I think we, we have to forget and go through different levels of awareness and different levels of pain and joy and loss 
to find our way back to truth. And I think we've lost things like ceremony. It's why I'm so passionate about shamanic ceremony, about traditional land healings and being on the land in ceremony that reconnect us to those ancient memories. We still celebrate weddings and religious ceremonies and birthdays, but you know, not in the way where we bake a cake. I'm talking about you know, where you where you give offerings to a fire and you allow yourself to be enveloped by the heat and the memory and the you know the shared genetics we have from thousands of years of hunting and gathering and those those memories we've forgotten based on the evolution of technology, uh, this distraction which is prevalent everywhere. And an addiction to instant gratification, those things all really pull us out of reality. And because we aren't taught, most of us aren't taught as young children how to process emotions in healthy ways, we turn to bypassing with crutches and we forget that feeling things fully will take us through the pain much quicker than bypassing it through medications or um, distraction. But, you know, sometimes we need guides to help us remember the steps to make that choice and to find ourselves again. I agree that we do need guidance. The first step might be being open, right, Kila? It's so important. I keep saying that for some reason it is a message that keeps coming to me as important to be open and stay open to life. Yes. And as we said earlier, to stay open to all facets of life, to not turn away from the pain to replace it with pleasure or joy, but to remember that they're all equally valuable. With this in mind and the conversation flow, is shamanic healing for everyone? Well, I can't answer that (laughs) because, you know, I do believe that every person, every healer, every practitioner uh, or person in service has a very unique medicine to give and offer to humanity. And so that medicine, if you have the courage to light yourself up, the people that need your medicine will see it. And so that's why I think there's no such thing as too many practitioners or too many healers or it just doesn't exist. There's room for everybody because eventually we all find the kind of medicine that is perfect for our growth and development and our evolution. So I think shamanism is applicable to all of humanity in all ways, but it may not be right for people at the time in their life that they're currently in. Um, but if you feel drawn to it or you have that that little light bulb that goes, huh, when you hear about it or talk about it or perhaps are even listening to this interview, then I think it's worth certainly looking deeper into. So it is a calling. And That's right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. You are a shamanic healer, meditation teacher, and also the owner and operator of Serene Spirit Healing and Retreat Center and West Kelowna, did I pronounce that yep, correctly? Yeah, British Columbia, Canada. I would love to know more and the listeners too. How does it work? What is the main intention of what you do? And if we need to contact you, how do we do it? It's that something that you work one-on-one. I know you have the beautiful Transformational Lighthouse program. I would love to hear about that too, Keila. Mm-hmm. So the purpose, yeah, the purpose that I created my practice, you know, there is a bit of a story behind it. I I was originally the director of a competitive figure skating school. 
And my history was as a world team athlete for Canada, representing Canada in figure skating. And I spent a lot of years after that really trying to find path and purpose, but having this really deep spiritual call. And I was teaching meditation and had a very strong spiritual practice as I had re-entered into the sports realm. And the call was getting louder to turn towards healing, to turn towards uh, helping others in a different way, teaching meditation, which had been a transformational practice in my own healing. And I was experiencing a little bit of conflict at work and a little bit of stress, to say the least. And I ended up getting in a car accident which changed the trajectory of my life. And so the car accident actually just finalized the settlement last year. It took almost six years and it's been a really beautiful and painful process. And so halfway through that process, we uh, I obviously ended my career as a coach and as a director and we moved to Kelowna. And I created this business because I had all of these tools that I had been using to reform and recreate my life to be more on path and purpose. And I wanted to share them with people. I had walked in the trenches of my trauma when I didn't know where to turn. And the things that I had created and turned to war through meditation that came through meditation, came through other modalities of healing, were so transformational, I felt called to share them. And I created Serene Spirit Healing, which is now actually in a rebrand under my name, which is Kila O's. And uh, so the purpose is to reconnect people to their true path and purpose and to remind them what it is like to be authentically human, to be connected safely and securely to other people in our families and in our lives, and to really have that light within us that can lead us through our life with space and grace, I like to say. Mm, yeah. So that's why I created it. Yeah. The Transformational Lighthouse Program, there are four principles as the foundation for the series, and I hope I have read that right. I would love to know about these four principles and also some of the highlights I read that on your website. You have, I mean, there's so many beautiful things that can happen, uh, deep dive into our energetic systems to understand the physical, emotional, and spiritual connection to each center, and then understanding the relationship between worthness and abundance. I would love to know about this more, actually, too. And then new ways of identifying our emotional awareness and emotional intelligence, calling in our spiritual gifts and purpose, working directly with our spiritual counsel and shamanic principles that lead to a balanced life in relationships with our planet Earth. So talk to me about all that if you can. <laughs> sure. Okay, so I'll talk uh, first about, there's, there's currently uh, levels that are building, but we are running level one and level two. Level one is an online program and level two of the Lighthouse series is an in-person program. Both run monthly and it's a nine-month program for the Lighthouse series. And that's because it's designed around a meditation that I created, which is representing the spirit that is inside of our body as a lighthouse. And it's a meditation that I take you through every month. And every month we move from the root chakra, which is the root level of the lighthouse. And there's a room there. And the room we enter through meditation shows us the connection between our conscious and subconscious thoughts. 
And so as we travel through, we start to find things. Maybe there's fear there. Maybe there's a certain color or a feeling or a being of sorts. There's all sorts of different things that can happen. And as we move through the energetic system each month, we travel up a level in the lighthouse towards, you know, the traditional vision of a lighthouse, that beautiful bright light of spirit at the top, which just exudes our our person, our soul. So the program is designed not only around the meditations for self-discovery, but also explains shamanic principles around energy work, uh, the locations of the energetic centers and how they are related to trapped emotions and organs and meridians in the body, and just really gives people a sense of how to manage and relate to their own energetic systems as a supplement to a spiritual path. And it's non-specific, it's just generalized and based on very ancient Eastern philosophies and from the lens of shamanism. So really connecting people back to who they are and to the planet and how to discover these parts of themselves through that tradition of shamanism. The, something that caught my attention for the highlights, as I mentioned earlier, was the understanding the relationship between worthness and abundance. This is something that I love, one of my favorite topics, self-love. It's really self-awareness. There's something about that that has been a calling for me. So what is the relationship between self-worthness and abundance and having and experiencing what we are here to experience? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. I think that self-worth and abundance really, from a spiritual perspective, are the same thing. Everything is an energetic currency that we are experiencing. Uh, Self-worth is an internal currency and abundance is both an internal and an external currency. So, you know, for instance, let's say uh, I have a client that joins the Lighthouse program. So my currency exchange is the love and attention and, and wisdom I try to impart upon that client. And the energetic exchange is the currency and the abundance that they deliver in payment or investment back. So sometimes I think we lose track of what real currency is. And with regard to self-worth, I think that a lot of our self-worth, self-worth is malleable in the younger years of our life. I think it's impacted by so many experiences, whether or not we had parents that were self-aware themselves, whether or not they were simply, of course, as all parents are in the moment doing the very best they can, but did not provide us the tools to understand ourselves in a deeper way to know that how truly worthy we are of all things in life. And it was a a comment I made earlier that there is enough abundance in this world for all of our dreams to come true. And so there must be the willingness to undo and the belief that we are capable of undoing any beliefs that we have created through impressions of other people, other people's programs that are running, other people's belief systems, the belief systems of society and our educational system, social media and the news. All of those things are programmed into us and they can be undone. And the beauty of that is if you're open to that, then you begin to seek out ways to understand, okay, well, what if? I was abundantly worthy of everything in my life. What would that mean as far as beliefs go that I would have to let go of? And a lot of the time, the difficult part is letting go because we are comfortable in the known, even if it's painful, right? Even if there's fear, if we know it, we at least know how to maneuver through it. But 
if we are willing to step into the unknown and redefine and re-explore what abundance looks like and means and why we are equally deserving as ab- of abundance, we, you know, what I say to my clients is you inherently belong. You inherently belong on this planet. You inherently belong in the body you have. You inherently deserve love. There is nothing you can do to earn it. But because of how life and society is constructed, we believe love equals X and worthiness equals Y. And it's just not true. And part of my work is reminding people of how they inherently belong. What a powerful message to be reminded of. We forget that too, <laughs> that this is already fulfillment, that it's unconditional love happening here now. We tend to forget that. But as you said before, beautifully too, it's part of the dance, right, Kayla? Mm-hmm. It's the forgetting too, it's part of it. Yes, and that's, it should, I encourage people to welcome that dance in. And, you know, one way that helped me is by thinking about that oscillation that you're talking about of the dance back and forth. It's the only way into it is through it. Mm, Yeah. You know, every time we turn (laughs) away from something uncomfortable, the universe says, okay, for now, but I will come back and we'll come. Perhaps you have a situation in your life that keeps happening or a circumstance that keeps repeating and you can't figure out why you thought you tended it. Well, there's something deeper that's being asked of you in those moments. So I do want to ask you this question because we've been talking about being worthy and all that, self-worth. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you, Keila? I think, you know, if I'm really honest with you about that question, (laughs) (laughs) you know, my thoughts often morph as I'm speaking them. So I might come full circle on this, but. I think that perhaps we need to remove the word success from our vocabulary because the innate attachment to the definition of that has an energy that means there's other, there's, there's success, but then if you're not successful, you're somehow less than if there's either successful or unsuccessful. And so truthfully, I think if we have to label it that way, success is the acknowledging that there's no such thing that Every experience and choice you make that unfolds in a particular way is meant for you. And whatever path it leads you down, if it is a path that you find is off track, you get to choose empowering yourself to make another choice. It's one of the foundations of the lighthouse. If you make a choice and you change your mind, it's your inherent human right to make a different choice. And I think that's true success in the traditional form is recognizing that there is no such thing as failure. So how can there be any such thing as success? Yes, Keila, you're beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) How do you integrate plant medicine to the retreats, uh, to the healing journey and the healing work you do as a process? Mm -hmm. Beautiful question. And I also feel traditionally, shamans and practitioners of shamanism or shamanism or shamans, however you pronounce it, it's very individual. (laughs) Um, They often use psychedelics. So they often use um, mushrooms or psilocybin or ayahuasca or, you know, all of those really beautiful transformational transcendental medicines. In the Zulu lineage, we are not permitted to use any consciousness altering medicines, plant medicines. We have to 
so to speak, do the work from the traditional realms, meaning, you know, instead of taking something that, I don't know, very quickly ascends your consciousness like ayahuasca, the methods are a little bit different and that you you walk slowly and patiently through the progress, becoming aware of each step and making sure that you are prepared to integrate each step at the pace you take, whereas some plant medicines are a little bit different. So the way that I use plant medicines, there's a couple of books out there as well on plant medicines from this perspective. And it's not so much about ingesting the plant medicine. It's about working with the spirit of the plant. So I personally do use plant medicines in my, in my life. And I use hape, which is a South American. It's an ash used as a snuff. You don't ingest it and it's just ash. There's nothing medicinal about it. So I use that in my own personal practice as a transformational tool. But the plant medicines that I work with, I use the spirit of the plants that come to me, I use those plant medicines in energetic sprays that I create for my clients. Energetic sprays that helps when they're processing really difficult things, perhaps it's tra- trauma or grief or whatever sort of sadness that they may be tending, they help the energetic body shift. So some of the main plant medicines I use in these tinctures that I make and in the essential oil sprays that I create for my clients, which are often custom. I also have a grounding spray that is beautiful for helping people anchor into their bodies, especially in this culture of fear. Um, but the medicines are um, Western red cedar, which I grew up with on Vancouver Island, and I'm very closely connected with another story for another time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I use wild rose, um, which I is a very powerful heart opener and heart softener. I use uh, African impapo, and that is basically the equivalent of North American white sage. And I also use sagebrush, which is a local plant here in Kelowna in British Columbia that grows here in the desert that is used um, by the indigenous peoples here to clarify and purify energy. Those are my four main plant teachers. That's very good to know that we don't need to engage in uh, dosing, psychedelics or um, magic mushroom, and those mind-altering plant medicine without knowing the relationship we have to them, and especially to the spirit of the plants, as you said. Valeria, I couldn't agree more. I believe it's the missing piece in the evolution of these medicines that are amazing for humanity, but they're missing the connection to the spirit of the medicine. Right. And we see that being used for recreation, just right. uh, for completely different purposes. And it's not even the way to use it, but it has to be a calling as well. It's like the shamanic path, as we talked yes. earlier. And, and I think for people that really find themselves grounded in nature or feel, you know, uh, when they go into the ocean or they walk in amongst cedar trees and they feel sort of back coming back into themselves, that is the call from those plants and those trees. And that is very shamanic in nature, uh, being able to feel more oneself when in nature. And I think that that spirit of those plants really comes and begins to amplify its voice when you follow the shamanic path. Mm-hmm. It never used to be something that was natural to me, but my gosh, now they talk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell me and about I it. it. <laughs> yes. So we're almost at the end. I have those ending questions. Would you like to add any Anything else that we didn't cover today, Kayla? Um, I don't think so, Gloria. I think that's it's been a beautiful conversation. What do you love most about being in a human body? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, great questions. <laughs> okay, so my answer is twofold. Because I have a sports background, I am fascinated by the extent in which we can actually push the human body to excel, what we can demand of it, what we can experience through it in such high levels of sport or training in any dimension or any facet of of human experience physically is just astounding to me. That to me was a really beautiful thing to experience. And then on the other side of that, I think it's fascinating how in this human body, we can find ways to get back home. We can find ways to encompass our spiritual life, the version of ourselves that that reside in this body, but also reside in the origin of where we came from. And the fact that we have this beautiful merging of a human, like a spirit having human experience. And it just, to me, is constantly awe-inspiring. I also feel the most fulfilling part about being human is being in service to others, truly heartfelt in service to others without without motivation other than to hold space and be present for another. I find that so rewarding. The connections that are formed when we find a true human bond with another is something that I'm so grateful for saying yes to coming here. What is another word for freedom? I think another word for freedom is surrender. Because if we surrender, we allow. And when we allow, we are free to give permission to experience all things. And when we give experience or give permission to experience all things, all of a sudden, all of these things that are meant for us that we may have blocked become available. And so that surrendering process is truly freedom. It allows us to be a full expression of self and really allow the divine to work through us. And in whatever way is for not only our highest good, but for our highest human expression of self and individuality. It sounds really good and inviting, but I wonder who is surrendering? Well, and I love how you say that because we are all life expressing ourselves. You've said it before, and I just, it's so true. You know, if we think about it, if you imagine you took every human on this planet and you put them in a balloon, (laughs) 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 and they all sort of merge together (laughs) into one Mm -hmm. entity, and then you just separated them back and they all became individual again. The reality is, is that's where we came from. We came from oneness and wholeness. So who is surrendering? Well, it's not so much who as is what. It's the surrendering of ego, the surrendering of labels, the surrendering of all of our conditioning. Because as we unfold and kind of unwrap all of those beliefs that are not true for us, what do we find? We're all the same. We're all exactly the same, but expressing different aspects of life through our own experiences, exactly like you said. So yeah, it's the the ego maybe given a little space between the spirit in the surrendering piece. It doesn't have that much of a hold on you. That observer is not as close anymore. And you get to be more of yourself and less of your ego when you truly surrender. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love the way you illustrate that with the balloon. <laughs> that is uh, cute and true. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, Keila. My last question is, what three things you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body, before they die? Oh, self-forgiveness. Number one, self-forgiveness and sort of tied in with self-compassion, the same. Mm, oh gosh, there's so many. Does it have to be three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, actually no. <laughs> you could go over. <laughs> uh, hmm. Second one would be the profound gift of trusting oneself to make decisions and to know that whatever decision is made, you cannot make a wrong one. And then the third, I think, would be to feel true and deep connection to other humans in the way that is like passing a torch. That moment of connection where everything enlivens and you feel that what must only be the human connection once we come from where we came from and go back to where we, we are from, that that divine, unique connection that comes from spirit to spirit, human to human, that is the true expression of love, like the genuine, true expression of love, meaning there is nothing more required from you than to just be yourself in the presence of another and to be held in that love. I wish that for every human being on this planet. Thank you again, Keila, for again being open to life, for saying yes to the callings for the work you do and how you do it, the intention behind it all. Thank you so much again. It's oh, you're beautiful. so welcome, Valeria. And also for you as well and in, in your beautiful light that is leading this world and leading people to one another. I feel very blessed to be a part of it and I'm very grateful to you. Thank you for the encouragement. The body appreciates, Keila. <laughs> it's the only <laughs> part that complains <laughs> sometimes. That's true. That's, that's the being human part. <laughs> right? <laughs> for sure. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? Yes, you bet. So if you want more information on the Lighthouse series, you can find that on my website, which is serenespirit.com. And Serene is my middle name. So it's spelled S-E-R-E-E-N, spirit.com. We are in a rebrand. So if you're listening to this a few months later or in another year or anything like that, you will also be able to find me under keilaos.com, which is K-E-Y-L-A-O-H-S.com. And um, yes, the emails are all on those websites and you can reach me or text me at the numbers listed. Wonderful. I'll have those links on your podcast profile too. Thank you. Thank you, Keila. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Keila Serene O's and her work, please visit serenespirit.com and keelaos.com. You can also contact Keela via email, keelaos at gmail.com, phone 1-778-760-1676 and Facebook page Serene Spirit Healing. about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.